0: Standing before the Lord, shall we turn to the scriptures? We're looking into Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 to 11. We will continue with our theme from last week. Don't give up when corrected. Don't give up. When corrected. I'm going to read from 5 to 11. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one. He accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and not really His children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best that they knew how, but... God disciplines is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful, but afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Father, we are grateful to you for your word. Speak to us. We pray that the grace and the anointing that is needed this morning will be released upon our lives. May the word come with all of its grace and glory. Thank you for what you're going to do for us. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, we bind them in Jesus' name. Every critical spirit be stilled and Christ be exalted in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Don't give up when corrected. The scripture says don't give up when corrected. So last week, we talked about the necessity of discipline in our life. We said that when God disciplines us, it's a sign or an evidence, proof of love, not anger. Correction is a proof that we are indeed the children of God. And we can look at correction from the three different perspectives. That was corrective discipline, preventive discipline, And of course, educational discipline. And then we asked as to what the Bible says our response ought to be when we are disciplined. The Bible says it should not be an I don't care, shrug it off mindset, but we ought to submit. When we submit, the Bible says, we can live, praise the Lord. Live forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. So as we submit, what do we do? We show our reverence and we show that we truly give honor to him when we do what is commanded to us. At the same time, when we submit ourselves to the authority of God, we will become what? We will become truly mature children, mature adult who is able to continue to walk in the ways of God. So today we're going to move forward. The writer of Hebrews is saying that we ought to endure in discipline. We ought to endure in discipline, What is our thought process when we are going through a season of discipline? And when he is saying that we have to endure discipline, that implies that each discipline from the father has a time frame attached to it. Praise the Lord. There is a time frame attached to the discipline that God the Father, Heavenly Father, puts upon us. And it is important that we have the right thought process when we are going through that discipline. Number one, he says, you have to endure meaning. you As you submit yourself, you have to stay put. In that discipline, praise the Lord. The discipline is with a intention, the chastisement is with a purpose. Praise the Lord. Till that purpose is fulfilled, we have to endure it, meaning we have to stay in it, we have to stay put with it. Praise the Lord. You know, you might have heard you might have seen instructions. Especially if you have an oven, if you have an air fryer. And you know, the manuals come with it. And it says that for the best results, this is what is being to be needed. And in this discipline process, for the best results to come out, we have to endure in that discipline. Praise the Lord. Meaning, you can eject out of it. For the expected results to come out, you have to stay under it. You have to stay put. You have to endure through the discipline so that God's intention, God's purpose, the divine design of discipline will be culminated. It will come to fruition. When God the Father puts us through a discipline, there is a divine design in the designer's mind. And if it has to come to fruition, we have to endure. Not only that, we need to have the right mindset. What is that? He's saying you have to endure in the discipline and remember What is it he's saying? Remember what? Verse 7 says, As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Praise the Lord. So, what keeps us within this season submissive to the divine discipline is what fills our mind and our thought process as you're going through the heat. Praise the Lord. What should be our thought process? Our process, thought process should be we have to remind us that God is treating us as his own children. Praise the Lord. What goes through our mind in this season will help us, praise the Lord, to attain God's purpose in our life early, praise the Lord. If we fight it off, if we rebel against it, if we are shrugging it off, then what happens is the duration can become longer and longer. Praise the Lord. Therefore our minds should be focused on the truth of God's word. What is that? That I belong to him. And I am loved by him. Praise the Lord. As human beings. When we are in a cozy comfortable ride of life. It's easier to think that I am loved of him. But. When we are going through the heat of life, it is very odd. It's not natural for us to think that I am loved of him. Praise the Lord. For that, we have to fill our minds with the truth of God's word. Otherwise, the chances are we can falter in this discipline process. Come, let's move on. What should be our mindset? Praise the Lord. For the intended results to come, we have to stay put under it. Now, the writer takes us to the next part, which says, what our fathers did. In other words, he's saying, hey guys, you can can identify with this. What is it? Because we all have fathers and fathers have disciplined us. And the writer is saying they did the best they knew. How? Listen. The best of us, the fathers, we have our limitations. Praise the Lord. Our limitations in our know-how, in our foresights, and in our insights. The methods and the methodology that we use for discipline varies. And we ought to admit that sometimes if you are in a bad mood and if you are disciplining your children, the best, praise the Lord, ain't gonna come. Praise the Lord. At times, the earthly fathers are driven By their circumstances, in other words, the environment can dictate the passion behind the discipline. The environment can dictate, praise the Lord, the force behind the discipline, praise the Lord. A bad attitude will dictate the force behind the discipline. Sometimes if you had a bad day, if your boss was coming down on your heart, you know what can happen? If you ever do discipline at that time, we know that we are not in the right mindset. The intended results will not come. But that's because we are frail, weak human beings. But the writer is saying, God Is not like that. What is the difference between the earthly father and the heavenly father? The earthly father has the potential to flaw. There might be flaws in his character. There might be flaws embedded within him. And that can roll over in discipline. But the writer is saying the heavenly father is not so. Praise the Lord. What is so different about the heavenly father? Well, the heavenly father has no mood swings. Praise the Lord. He doesn't have a bad day and a good day. He is not he's not changed or shifted by things around. The world events does not move him to have a less of a attitude or a mindset towards his creation or towards his children. God is consistent in his dealing with his children. He's an immutable God. He's an unchanging God. Yesterday, today, forever he is the same. Praise God. The loving heart of the Father praise the Lord. He's consistent in his dealings with his children. He does nothing but good even though when we feel, we might feel that it's not the best for us. Praise the Lord. God disciplines is always good for us. All the time, every time, each time. His intention is always good. And the outcome, if we submit, is 100% good. Now, the writer is saying, God's ultimate purpose is that we become partakers of his holiness. In other words, that we share in his holiness. Now, this is very important for us to understand. So we're going to linger here for a moment. Our God is a holy God. When we understand or study about God, We understand the attributes of God. God has natural attributes and they are the very nature of God's being. It's exclusive to God. For example, God is God from everlasting to everlasting. He is God. That is an exclusive attribute of God which is not shareable with anyone. Praise the Lord. God is omnipotent, all-powerful. God is omniscient. God is all-knowing. God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. These are attributes which are exclusive to God. This is a natural attribute of God, which is not shared with anyone. But this God also have something called the moral attributes of God. Praise the Lord. They are revealed in his personal interaction with mankind. They include love, grace, mercy, kindness, holiness, righteousness, truth, goodness, and on and on. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, Although we can never be like God in his natural attributes, like we have a beginning... God is God from everlasting to everlasting. So we cannot be like Him in that essence. Praise the Lord. But in the moral attributes of God, God wants us to become like Him in love, in grace, in mercy, in kindness, in justice, in compassion, in holiness. Praise the Lord. We are commanded to be holy. First Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. Just as he which hath called you to be holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Praise the Lord. When we approach God, we should approach God with due reverence and respect and honor to him. Praise the Lord. It is very important that we have a godly, a right kind of fear about God. Reverence to God. Praise the Lord. Even in our conversation, how we express ourselves about God is very important. You cannot just simply say the man upstairs. Have you ever heard that phrase? The man upstairs? I used to work with a fellow who used to, who used to use this phrase all the time. The man upstairs. One day I used to always interact with him about what the Bible says. And one day he, he said something to me like this. He said, you know how JC thinks. I said, excuse me? He said, you know how JC thinks. I said, JC, who's JC? He says, Jesus Christ. So people have a very, very casual way of talking about Jesus. The man upstairs, the boss upstairs, um, JC. I don't know what else people call, you know? Some people use Jesus as a curse word, you know? But we have to give due reverence to God even in our conversation. Praise the Lord. When we are speaking about God, we need to have a reverence. A reverence that is due to him. I had a habit of using scripture to pass on things humorously. Few years ago, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, stop it. You know, when I used to say things humorously, I would use a scripture that connects very well and just pass it. And it would, be a, it would be a right fitting scripture, but it is presented in a humorous way. The Lord told me, stop it because it is his word. And so there are a lot of things in our life that casually enter into our lives. When we realize who God is and how much reverence we ought to him and the honor and the majesty that is due to him, we should stand in awe of him praise the Lord, whether it's in our conversation or in our thought process. Remember, if we have to endure, our mind has to be filled with the right positive truth about God. Otherwise, the intended results does not come. If the intended results have to come, we have to stick To the biblical mandate and the principle that is revealed in the scripture concerning him. Otherwise, it will take time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we have to be careful because the Bible says even in our conversation, we have to be what? We have to be holy. Now, we live in a world where people take sin very lightly. This morning in the morning Bible study, I was talking about this. Sin is a casual word. The world makes, makes joke out of it. They, they, they take things lightly, you know. The world thinks that sin is, is a joke. It's for the, for the holy joes. It's for those holy freaks. It's for those Christians with a holier than our attitude. And so the world makes light of it. And at times... As Christians, we also fall for that where we take sin lightly. But the Bible doesn't take sin lightly. In the Old Testament, God said, the soul that sinneth shall die. In the New Testament, the Bible says, the wages of sin is death. Do you know it is a sins of mankind that caused Christ to go up on the cross, suffer on the cross and lay down his life on the cross. When Jesus cried out from the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Heaven was silent. God turned his face away from him because he who knew no sin was made sin for us. God who is holy cannot, hallelujah, interact with sin because he lives in unapproachable light. He is holy, he is pure praise God, and what does this holy God intends from his children who are redeemed by his blood, who was redeemed by the blood of Jesus, purchased out of the slave block slave block of sin, slave block of Satan living under the dominion of darkness, God paid the price with Christ going on the cross, and he has purchased you and me, and once he brought you out of darkness into marvelous light. This heavenly father wants to see the godly attributes, the moral attributes to be reflected in his children. The father desires that the children reflect the quality of the father. The father desires that the children look like him, talk like him, act like him, behave like him, Conduct themselves like him. That is the desire of the Father. Till the desire results come, He puts you and me through a discipline process because the mindset is every son, every daughter, every child should look like Him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Look, it's very interesting. That we may share in His holiness. Beautiful. It's so focused. What is focused? That Father puts us through discipline so that we may share in His holiness. Not my holiness, not your holiness not a teacher's holiness, not a preacher's holiness, not a denomination's ideology, not a denomination's idea, but his holiness. Praise God. If we have to be transformed or if we have to share in his holiness, the discipline has to be employed by him. Listen if we have to share in his holiness, he is the one who decides the mode, the methodology, the duration, the design of this discipline. If it's handed to you and me, there might be flaws. Praise the Lord. So the heavenly father, loving one, Praise the Lord. He himself disciplines so that we can share in his holiness. Praise the Lord. Where is that revealed? It's revealed in the scripture. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Can you imagine? Think about it. Imagine what the outcome would have been if the method and the methodology And the duration of discipline that was employed on Job was employed on Jonah. Can you imagine? The method and the methodology and the duration of the discipline that was employed on Paul were to be employed on Peter. God's discipline is measured discipline. Listen to me. It's custom cut made for us. Praise the Lord. We live in a world where the trend is one size fits all. Praise the Lord. Discipline that comes from above, the design for that discipline is not one size fits all, but it's custom cut made for each one. So when you look at someone and say, how come he's not going through it? How come she's not going through it? How come he got it so easy? How come she got it so easy? You don't know. You just think that he or she got it easy. And then some people think, how come he's not going through anything? You don't know what he's going through. Because everything that is going through is not in the physical realm. Everything that's going through is not in the visible realm. Everything that is going through is not exhibited. Praise God. But God disciplined every child that he loves. And it's a custom cut discipline with your name on it. Praise the Lord. I want to read out a quote here, and I quote, "The fire which is kindled is not a bonfire, blazing heedlessly, and unguardedly and consuming precious things." It is a refiner's fire, and the refiner sits by it and is firmly and patiently and gently bringing holiness out of carelessness. And stability out of weakness. God is always creating. Even when he is. Using darker means of grace. End quote. J Praise the Lord. So as a refiner. God sits. And he's not using bonfire on anyone. What's the difference? Bonfire just blazes anyway and everywhere. It's not controlled. But a refiner's fire is a controlled heat with an intention and a purpose. And it is aimed at at a one particular point till the intended desire comes out. Praise the Lord. And that's what God does when he disciplines each child. Praise the Lord. Each container can carry different capacity can you understand every person has their own own capacity to bear things to carry things praise the lord can you imagine what a plastic container can take is not what a metal container can take Praise the Lord. What is inside is based on, or what it can go through, is based on its built. It's what is it built for? What is it built with? Praise the Lord. All of us have a different calling. You and I have been called for a different purpose. You are I have a very, very unique built. You and I have a unique ability. You and I have a unique capacity. You and I have a unique IQ. You and I have a unique fingerprint. You and I are unique in every way. So the designer who created you and me knows what would it Take you and me to come out glowing, gloriously, reflecting the glory and the radiance of an all-glorious God. Praise the Lord. Now the writer says, listen, when you're going through it, it's pain. He puts it like this, no chastening at that time is pleasant. That's true. It's painful, right? It's painful. The discipline process is painful, but we only think from one side. Now, if you've been a son or a daughter, when you were disciplined, you know, we don't take it with grace. Do we take it with grace? No. If we can fight it off, we'll fight it off. If we can defend it, we can defend it. But how many of us would actually would say, "Okay, you know what? I'm at fault. Give it to me." I used to remember when my parents used to discipline. I used to go like this, try to like defend. So we have a different response to discipline. And when we are being disciplined, when we go through that pain, we don't feel good about it. It's painful. But there is something that we miss, and I want to bring your attention to it. We always think that the disciplined is the one that's bearing the pain. Till you become the one who is disciplining. Let me break it down. As a child, when you are being disciplined, the child thinks that this is painful. It is true. But what the child doesn't understand is the father who is disciplining has also feel the pain. Praise the Lord. You would only know that when you become a father, when you become a parent, when you become a parent and when you're employing discipline, Your child, your son, daughter will feel the pain in the same way, if not in a higher degree, the one who is giving the discipline feels the pain. Why? Because we told you last week that the hand that corrects, the hand that disciplines, is connected to the heart that loves. Praise the Lord. No father or mother, in this case, the heavenly father does not get a kick out of disciplining you. I want you to understand that. No parent gets a kick out of discipline. Praise the Lord. In other words, they don't take joy in the fact, boom! Wow, that sounded good. Let me just use the other side. Boom, that sounded better. Let me try this. No, no parent, things like that. Why? Because what is underlining there is love and the intention is good. So the writer is saying that when we are going through the actual process of discipline, it is painful. But remember... It's painful not only for us who is bearing the brunt of discipline, but the Father who loves us, he's also what? Praise God. Experience that pain. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so, the earlier you come out, the fuller you come out, the complete you come out, the mature you come out, with what God intends being fulfilled is good for us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Discipline is a vehicle that transports us from one end of the spectrum to the other end of the spectrum. From an unfinished product to God desired and designed product. Listen. Listen. Discipline is a vehicle that transports us from an unfinished product to God-desired, designed product. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen, when we are in this world, what, what is the need for correction? Because we need to stay put on the path of holiness so that we can share in His holiness. Praise the Lord. From indulgence in sin to what? To be full of righteousness. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, it's a vehicle that transports us from rebellious attitude, from rebellious mindset to a loving communion with the Father in heaven. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Quite often. We just don't understand. Praise the Lord. But as you look at this word intently, it's my prayer that you will go along with the writer who says, don't give up when corrected. Praise the Lord. Don't give up when corrected. Don't get so sour, sorrowful. Don't get so upset that you don't want to pick anybody's phone call. You don't want to fellowship with anyone. People reach out to you in love. People reach out to you with concern. But you are all bent out of shape because you have given up. Because the Lord is in the process of disciplining you so that you will come out Glowing with all glory that will reflect his goodness through your life. May 1998, a 96 car train, a cargo train with 96 cars was rolling through Indiana 24 mile per hour. As this diesel train was rolling through Indiana, the train engineer or the operator saw something move roughly a block ahead of him. And he looked intently and he thought that it was a dog, a puppy. And he hit the horn three times, blaring horn three times saying, come on, get out of my way puppy. On towards his right was the conductor. The conductor looked and he saw that this figure on the track was trying to raise itself and for a moment stood on two legs. And he cried out, it's not a puppy, it's a baby on the track. The engineer or the one that was operating this diesel train He started to hit the brake. But he also realized hitting the brake hard could derail the train. And if the train is derailed, the train was carrying chemicals and many other inflammable uh, matters that was being carried, transported on this train. So he had to be careful that he didn't hit the brake too hard that the 96-car cargo train will derail, causing a greater accident. At the same time, he looked at the little baby that was up in front and wanted to stop the train that was moving. So he started employing his brake. The conductor that was sitting on the right side decided to get out as the train was being slowed down. And he thought that he could run ahead of the train and grab the baby, but he realized that the time needed to do the sprint and the speed of the train would not help him to go and rescue this baby. It was a 19-year-old baby, Emily Marshall, that was on the track the baby had wandered away from its home that was nearby and had entered the track as these two fellows were trying hard trying to one trying to stop the train at the right moment and the other trying to rescue the baby the engineer realized that he will not have enough time to actually bring the train to a standstill before actually hitting the baby. They were in a predicament. The conductor got out, ran through the side of the engine. He went and he used the grill of the front of that engine and he sat right there in front of the train. His intention was somehow shove the baby off from the track so that the train will not run over Emily Marshall. As the train started approaching the baby, the conductor held on to the grill and he wished that his hands were longer and his feet were longer so that he could push the baby out of the way. Just at the nick of the moment, The conductor was able to use his leg and just shove the baby off the track. The baby rolled off the track and the train came to stand still. The baby ended up with a cut on her forehead and her lips were cut. The conductor and the driver got off, took the baby in their hand and started cradling the baby. They realized that it was a baby that had just come off that neighborhood, just drawn into that, into that rail road and was sitting on that track. They were able to rescue the baby. But in the process, they had inflicted minor injury to this baby. Taking into consideration The cut on the forehead and the lip that was cut and what was at stake, praise the Lord. If that baby was still on the track and the train running through it, the cut and the slit was nothing compared to it. Praise the Lord. Little Emily ended up with a small cut and a slit on her lip. But her injuries were the result of being showered out of the way. Sometimes, just like this train conductor, God would employ methods and methodologies to push us away from danger, from destruction, from Our life being taken away. In that process. You and I might be inflicted. With some kind of pain. Praise the Lord. But what is gained there. Is life. Praise the Lord. Folks. Let me ask you. Have you ever experienced. This kind of discipline in your life. When you were pushed off when there was pressure employed, when there was pain inflicted, you thought that it was not good. But what was he doing? He was making sure that you continue to live the life that God has called you to live. Praise the Lord. The chastisement, the discipline, might feel like pain for a season. But the Bible says it brings a rich harvest of righteousness to come. Praise God. Hallelujah. There is an outcome that comes when we we remain and endure the discipline. At times, God will yank us out of path of danger. And for that, he might have to employ force time. The question is, let me ask you, praise the Lord, that do you realize the intention and the purpose of God? The shoving or the so-called heavy hand might feel painful for us and we may get bruises, and cuts, but in the end, it works out for our Good. Shall we rise up before the Lord? The Bible says, don't give up when corrected. Are you going through a season of correction? Would you make up your mind that you would endure in this discipline? If you have to endure, You need to have a right mindset about who God is and how much he loves you. Can you come to grips that he loves you and he wants you to share in his holiness? For him, for you to share in his holiness, there is only one way, that is submitting to his method and methodology. You might think that the divine discipline of the designer the design of the designer is crude. The design of the designer is painful. The design of the designer hurts The design of the designer, praise God, is uncomfortable. But God, who loves you, he can empathize with your pain. He understands what you're going through. And he would only bring discipline that is measured. Measured discipline. Praise the Lord. That will bring the purpose of God. So my sister, my brother, if you're listening to me this morning, the call is clear. Submit. 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 And see how God will bring you out. Resist. If you resist, if you resist, it's going to get harder And painful. Praise God. God means well. God intends good. Yield to Him and may the purpose of the Lord be fulfilled. Father, we yield our lives to you this morning. Lord, we pray that when you correct us, when you discipline us, we would not fret, we would not fight, we would not rebel. We would not talk back, But I pray that grace be bestowed on all. The minds be filled with the thoughts of God. The right kind of thoughts. And God's purpose, the divine design, is fulfilled in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.